Hello, everyone. This is Mark Davis, and I want to welcome you to the Gospel Explorations podcast, where we gather together each week to take time to explore God's Word to learn how we ought to live in this present age. I'm glad you've chosen to spend some time with us today. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Gospel Explorations podcast. I am super thankful that you've chosen to join us yet again. And today we're continuing our study through the book of Matthew. Today we're in chapter number four, and we're going to be starting in verse number five. We're going to look at Matthew chapter four, verses five through 11 today. So if you have your Bible, uh, you know what to do. Go ahead and open it to chapter number four. Let's look together, starting at verse number five, reading through verse 11. The Bible says this, And the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth them all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. So last time we were together, we started chapter number four. And we looked at uh, the uh, first temptation of Christ in the wilderness. Today, we're going to look at that second and that third temptation that's recorded for us in the book of uh, Matthew, excuse me, in chapter number four of the temptations of Christ. And we see starting in verse number five, and it says, Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and says to him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. So Satan tempts Jesus uh, really almost to force uh, the Father uh, into what we might consider a supernatural event. And I think what we find here is we find Satan appealing to the desire that's really within every man to gain some sense of approval from God and then to have that approval publicly demonstrated. And so he says to him, hey, you know, let's go. I'm going to take you to the pinnacle of the temple, and then uh, I want you to jump off from there and uh, look at, and look and see how God will use his angels to protect you. And it would be a remarkable spectacle, no doubt. Uh, but the reality is the devil made these suggestions really from what we would consider a artificial crisis. He, it's something that he was creating. And, um, and Jesus uh, understood what was taking place here. Uh, fact of the matter is, Jesus could have done anything he wanted to. And so um, he rejected what Satan was tempting him with. And um, and even notice this. So so Satan makes this um, temptation. He, he, he proposes this uh, activity to throw himself off the, the pinnacle of the temple. Uh, and then he says this in verse number, um, verse number six. He says, for it is written. And it's interesting that the devil is going to the word of God and he's using it. He's trying to use the word of God, quoting it out of context uh, to accomplish his purposes. 
And we find here uh, he, him actually quoting from Psalm chapter 91, verses 11 and 12, that says, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a, a stone. So he, he's quoting scripture, but he's taking it out of context. And the very thing that say, that God had done with the, uh, with I should say Jesus Christ had done with the first temptation, he responded to that first temptation by quoting scripture. Jesus said, it is written. So the devil's like, okay, I got you on this. Uh, it is written. And he throws back a verse out of context. And this text is falsely quoted. Um, and, and we know that because the devil leaves out the words uh, to keep um, to keep thee in all thy ways from the, from the passage. He leaves that phrase out um, from what was actually written in Psalm chapter 91. And so the, the reality is this, to test God in this way was not of Jesus's way. It, it was not the way of the Savior. It was not the way of the Messiah. And so um, it, it's, it's out of context. But then even then, it's, it's wrongly applied. Because at the end of the day, it wasn't used um, to teach or to encourage, but rather is used to deceive. He was using the Word of God to bring about deception uh, by mis by misapplying it, by taking it out of context. And Jesus, of course, being God, he understood the whole counsel of God and that Satan was twisting this very passage from Psalm 91. And, and Jesus knew how to rightly divide the word of truth. And, and this is just a warning for us today. It's a kind of a side note. It's, it's a flashing red light, if you will, that there are many people in, in the world that we live in, there are many individuals who are willing to believe anybody who quotes anything from the Bible? They say, "Oh well, you know, so and so, they said this, and or so and so showed me in the Bible." And the thing is, this a, a a preacher, a person who claims to know the truth, can pretty much say whatever he wants if he quotes a few proof texts, and then people will assume, "Oh well, then he this is exactly what the Bible says." I mean, he showed me this verse after all in the Bible. And the reality is they don't have a, a proper context. They don't even understand the passage themselves. And it's important for every Christian to know the Bible for themselves, to not know the Bible because pastor so-and-so said, or to say, well, you know, um, I, I this is what I was told the Bible said, but to know the Bible for themselves. Why? Why is this important for every Christian? So that they will not be deceived by an individual who comes along and quotes the Bible out of context, or they will not be to be deceived by an individual who comes comes along and takes the Bible um, and, and makes inappropriate uh, application. And so the reality is, this is just a, a reminder to us that as as Christ followers, as Christians, we have a responsibility to know what the Word of God says for ourselves, not just because so and so said so, but that we study God's Word. We know what the Bible says. We know that. Oh, well, yeah, the Bible does say that, but not in that context. Or yes, those words are found in the Bible, but in this situation, so that we have a proper understanding, a proper picture of the context of Scripture. And then look what Jesus does. He doesn't try to come up with an argument to try to aha yet again. What does he say? He's real simple. He says in verse number seven, Jesus said unto him, it is written again. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You see, Jesus replies with scripture, but he applies it correctly. And he knew that that tempting God or, or forcing God or trying to manipulate God 
uh, would be a demonstration of tempting God, which the scriptures strictly forbid. And so Satan's coming at Jesus and saying, hey, go up to this temple, jump off and watch God catch you. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? And Jesus says back to him, but the word of God tells us, don't tempt the Lord thy God. And it, re- it reminds us yet again um, that we don't need to do something to demand something spectacular from God in order to prove his love to us. He's already done that. God's already done something spectacular to prove his love for us. The Bible says he sent his son to die for us. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, while we were still the enemy of God, while, while we were the enemies of God, he, he commended, he demonstrated his love toward us. And so we need to be reminded to not get a sidetracked with the temptations uh, in our life, but to focus on the reality of what the Word of God says and to go back to that as our anchoring point. And then we come to the third temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, starting in verse number eight. We read this. Again, the devil taketh them up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth them all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, and saith unto him, All these things I will give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. In essence, what's taking place is Satan is trying to promise Jesus uh, a shortcut around the cross, if you will. Jesus, when he came and he died on the cross, to defeat death and sin, he won back all the kingdoms of the world and their glory from Satan's domain. You know, the Bible tells us that Satan is, uh, he, he is the prince of the powers of the air, and there is a domain that he has, but the reality is, is Jesus defeated him at the cross. Now, we haven't seen that fulfilled in its entirety yet, uh, because he still has a power and ability uh, but there will be a day where everything will be put under the feet of Christ. And even so, you know, Satan's kind of running around with a short, a lease, if you will. Um, but he's been defeated. There's no doubt about it. And he's trying to offer Jesus something that he, that he has, that he can secure on his own. And he eventually does secure on his own uh, through the finished work of the cross of Calvary. Now, Obviously, Satan has some authority over this world and over the governments. Um, otherwise, this temptation wouldn't have been real. There would have been no power in it because how can Satan give him something that he doesn't possess? Uh, yeah, but the reality is, is ultimately all these things belong to God. Uh, the, it was when when Adam sinned. Um, it, the, the reality was God gave Adam stewardship over the earth. We read that in the book of Genesis. When Adam sinned. He un- unknowingly, willingly turned it over to Satan, and then all of Adam's descendants uh, cast their vote of approval by their own personal sin. So we're, we're born sinners into this sin nature, and, and Satan has dominion in that arena. But the reality is, ultimately, all things belong to God. Now, the Bible tells us in the book of 2 Corinthians that Satan is the god of this age, and, and he functions within a purpose that God has given him. But at the end of the day, the reality is this, that the tempter, Satan, in this, in this situation, has no ability to give God something that was already his to begin with. And look how Jesus responds in verse number 10. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Again, what does Jesus do? He replies to Satan with scripture. He commands the devil to leave. And in the same way that James tells us that we can resist the devil, he will flee from us, is the same thing that Jesus did. 
Jesus quoted scripture and the devil left him. You know, the word of God has power in it that we do not have in our own ability, in our own words, in our own wisdom, in our own power. And the power of God has the ability to quash Satan's temptations far better than anything that we could ever do. And we need to be reminded of this. And we we learn this through the pattern and through the example that we see in Christ being tempted in the wilderness. Because every temptation of Christ reminds us that it is not a sin to be tempted, for Christ was tempted yet without sin, the Bible says. It's not a sin to be tempted as long as a temptation is resisted. Even the most horrible temptations, I mean, Jesus was tempted to worship Satan. I mean, did you catch that in the last temptation there? And that in and of itself is not the sin if it's resisted. And so Christ has given us a pattern. How do we resist the temptations that we face? It's with the Word of God. We must be in the Word and know the Word. And then look what happens in verse number 11. Then the devil leaveth him, which James tells us, right? James chapter 4, verse 7, resist the devil and he will flee. So the devil leaveth him, it says, uh, verse number 11, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. When the devil left him, that meant that Jesus had won. He won because he, he recognized Satan's mode of attack, the lies and deceptions. And here's the reality, the Satan who, Satan who is the ultimate deceiver, um, his power of deception is crushed at the cross. His only tool that he has is decimated. And so Christ shows himself yet again victorious and superior over our greatest enemy. It's interesting, too, by the way, um, that we must see the temptations for what they are. And, and they're, they're, they're a lie. The things that Satan were offering were, were lies. Uh, and we must learn to combat the temptations that we face with the Word of God. When we're tempted to sin, we're often tempted to sin because we think, well, if I do this thing, if I participate in this activity, if I, if I, um, if I think this way or, or if I act this way, that it's going to gain me something. And the reality is we're just believing a lie. And the way that we're going to get victory over that is to run to the Word of God and to apply the Word of God uh, to our life and to use it as a weapon against the temptations that we face. Also, it's noteworthy to notice that these passages that are quoted for us come from the book of Deuteronomy. Um, All three of them that Jesus says uh, are direct quotations from the book of Deuteronomy. And so we, we see that Jesus values the word of God, and so should we. And then the great picture here is that the angels came and ministered to him. And I think that's a great reminder for us that God never forsakes those who endure temptations, and uh, I believe that God, in our temptations, when we overcome them, when we fa- when we face them with the Word of God, when we endure those temptations, that God will minister to us and meet our needs as we endure temptation, just like Christ was ministered by the angels. So what a great picture for us that we can follow in the footsteps of Christ when we face temptation— we too can quote the Word of God and gain victory. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. 
I hope that you've been both encouraged and challenged today. If you want to connect with us further, please be sure to check us out on the web at gospelexplorations.com. We look forward to having you join us again next time.